Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball Offseason Edition. We got new managers, new relievers, and a ton of rumors. So let's get into all of it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, brought to you by SeatGeek. Use code TALKING for 20% off. My name is Jimmy. I'm sitting here with Trevor Plouffe in California and producer BBD behind the dish. Young Jake is in St. Lucia checking out the spot where he will wed his uh, beautiful sweet Jessica. Is that how he says it? Is sweet beautiful Jessica? There's a few different words. Sweet effervescent Je- gets in the middle. Effervescent, yeah, effervescent gets thrown in there a lot, so... He's yeah. gone. He's going to come back so tan, which is bullshit, because that dude gets dark like in a second. Anyway, Trev, how are you? James, Beavers, everyone out there in the ecos- ethosphere. What's going on? I'm happy Jake's out of here. Sometimes I got to get rid of that guy, get a little reset, let him go frolic on the beaches while we're here in the grind talking about what? Rumors, managers. All sorts of stuff that we're going to cover today, but it's a beautiful morning here, and I'm excited to talk some ball. Me too. And, uh, you know, we're in a little weird, funky November with talking baseball because Thanksgiving is coming up um, and some other stuff. So I think we're once a week, unless something crazy happens through November. Which is only a couple more weeks. I think we're aiming Tuesdays, record, it comes out Wednesdays, right? During this period. During November. I think we're back to Monday, Wednesday releases after. I haven't fully talked about Yeah, December. We'll, we're going to be two days a week in December. Not sure the the cadence yet. Uh, I think we're trying to go to winter meetings. Don't know if Trev is able to or not yet. But we'll get back to the usual grind come December. And then, uh, then the real it's things start happening, TPPs, yeah. all of that. But for now, we got off-season reports. And we're hoping this is a normal off-season, Trev, right? There's not going to be any surprise lockout on us, right? And you, and you can also <laughs> promise no pandemic. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I can promise that. Uh, yeah, look, I don't think there'll be any lockouts. We have a new CBA. That'll be great. Uh, I'm going to try to make it to the winter meetings. I want to go down there and, and see eye to eye with some of these people. I told you, uh, not while we were recording, that you're either going to love it or hate it. I think I'm going to love it. I really I think do. You I will. like looking people in the face. But it's like all the non-players of baseball. It's really funny. I absolutely, we've been twice in, in 2020. It was amazing. It was awesome. Like, it was a really, really fun experience. But the the hotel, and if you're a young kid looking to get a job, we have met people that went there for the job <laughs> fair. Yeah, it is, like, the biggest baseball you, job Biggest, fair. like, get a job in baseball job fair. But uh, it's wild because you walk around. We'll talk about that when we get there. We have managers. You got to know who's your manager right away. So every team right now has a manager. They either hired, uh, retained their interim, or they hired a new manager. So that's kind of the first breakdown here as we discuss the teams that said goodbye to one person and called in better help. Schwing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. And, you know, that's basically the same thing as changing out your manager. The person running your day-to-day life, maybe controlling your brain, was doing a bad job. I've been there, Trev. Down and out. Lost a lot of weight due to stress this summer. 
the weight loss ain't bad down a lot, but the stress that was pretty, Not I needed good. a lot of help. And that's where better help can help you. If you're going through times like that, because everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists online, 100% online. All the benefits of an in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient and more accessible and more affordable. You just got to fill out a brief questionnaire. You match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right Therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash talking baseball. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash talking baseball. All right. So the teams that needed some better help Marlins, Rangers, Royals, White Sox. Four offseason turnovers of manager because we had what three midseason? The Angels, the Phillies, the Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Those are the and only three. All, all three of those guys are now the official managers of the team. No more interim tag. So Phillies obviously with Topper. They extended him. They go to the World Series. He was the story. Philly Rob, they're calling him. And they also extended all their coaching staff. So the, the I like that the, for Philly. Like everyone's coming back. The vibes are good. They believed in what they were doing. So that's a nice sign. Let's run it again. And Trey Turner is probably going to play shortstop for them. That's rumors. Uh, that's I our think. third section. Oh, that's oh, sorry that's about that. Uh, then the Angels they retained Phil Nevin, I believe, only for a year, um, but they removed the interim tag. He becomes the manager, and then with the Blue Jays, John Schneider, fiery manager that he is, uh, is going to lead those boys up in Toronto. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I guess it's nice to reward the interim. Sometimes they don't do it, but. You know, with Nevin, with the suspension thing, I think some people thought he wouldn't come back. They return him, and he gets to bring in Marcus uh, Thames. Tims? Tims, I believe. They had two, there's two T-H-A-M-E-S in MLB, and they say it different ways, Tims and Thames. So the hitting coach that was with him with the Yankees is now with the Angels. So he gets a, a confidant, I guess. You see that a lot when managers get a job. They're like, "Hey, bro, I need I need my buddies. Like, yeah. I need my guys." Yeah, it's like that scene in um, Step Brothers where that they go manage, they go interview, and I think it's Seth Rogen's like, "I just want to like have some guys that I can hang out with and don't mind being around all the time." It's like kind of the same thing for them. You're around each other so much, you have to like who you're around. It's that, and it's also communication breakdown. Like, I know a lot of times you hiring even you know the professional world it's you hire someone that's on the manager side and they're coming from a company like is there anyone you think would come with you it's a good question to ask because if they say no it's probably a bad sign like oh no not have anybody who might but but yeah so then there's four teams that have uh completely new management the marlins the rangers the royals the white Sox. now the royals and the marlins i want to kind of combine or do those two first and I don't think Trev and I have any hard takes here. Just informing you guys. The Marlins' new manager is Skip Schumacher, which is a good-ish name. Wait, Skip? What's his real name? Is it Skip? You can just call him Skip because that obviously is slang for manager, but it's also his name, and typically you call the manager by their name anyway. You never Ooh. call him a coach or anything like that. So Skip is good. That That is... One of my favorite things, nominative determinism, where you live up to your name. So his name was Skip. He was going to be the captain or manager of something. Yeah, like if like Ranger Suarez became a 
Texas a gun toting Texan. Yeah. Yeah. Or an army <laughs> ranger. Looks or like just... birth name Jared Michael. So I'm trying to find oh, where, where the nickname Skip came, comes from. Because I remember him going by Skip as a player. Mm, good hopscotch player. Was. Yeah. Probably. Uh, sometimes, like, I knew, a, I knew a family from Barrington, Illinois. And the kid my age was Chip. And his dad was Skip. And then there was, no, the kid my age was Trip. And Ooh. his dad was... It was Skip, Chip, Trip. None of them were their names. It was just like a nickname lineage. A nickname family. Okay. Pretty weird. Shout out to that guy. I think his dad's a judge. Now you can find him. Damn. Anyway. Shout out. Uh, Skip Schumacher, 42 years old. He turns 43 in February. Cardinals bench coach last year. Padres associate manager in 2021. What was he doing? Or 2020. What was he doing? And what does that mean? And what was he doing in 2021? I don't know why that's different than uh, than just bench coach. But yeah. There's all these weird terms now. He had an 11-year career, Trev. Yes. Only 28 homers, so not touching you at all. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I know the name. I think we did play against each other, you know, a few different times. But from what I remember, great teammates, uh, some of the accolades that he has uh, acquired back that up. He received an award I didn't even know existed, the Daryl Kyle Award. Uh, that's the good teammate, great friend, fine father, and humble man from the BWAA. I would have liked to uh, win that award, except I'm not humble. That's the problem. Mm, fine father. I feel like like I would. If you're looking for an F word, maybe fantastic is better. Like fine just feels like very secondary. How's his? How is he as a father? Fine. He's all right. He's fine. Yeah, I don't know if non-fathers are exempt from the award. I know it was, oh, I was looking tough. into it when we were prepping this sheet yesterday. Oh, and, if you're uh, not a father, maybe if you're I've, an uncle. I know it's like, it's for uber who uber uncle. It's for who exemplified Daryl Kyle uh, the best, and he was described as that. Damn. By, by teammates. Okay. He actually had a really good stretch looking at his baseball reference from 2007 to 2013. Trev, that's. A lot of years. How many years is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven years with the Cardinals, one with the Dodgers. And over that seven years, a 96 OPS plus, but he was, you know, no slug. 288 batting average. 288 batting average over seven years. And uh, and 880 games is pretty good. Pretty good. And I like kind of what he's been doing. So he's coming in. He's going to take over this uh, organization do his thing, but he brought some of his friends along. John Jay is now going to be the first base coach for him, um, and they know each other from being part of that Cardinals organization. Uh, I love John Jay. We love John Jay. He's a friend of the program. And, and Pipe. Uh, so now, what's that? Pipe, too. Yeah, Luis pipe. Arena. How do you say his last name? The Diamondbacks. He listens to the show. I, I just like calling you Pipe because I, I like you right? So, but I probably yeah. that's, that's it's very it's probably Americanized pronunciation. Came to the office, been with the Diamondbacks forever. Now he goes to the Marlins. So yeah, we're in with the Marlins. We know the whole crew. Schumacher loves us too, probably. He's a Cali guy. The Marlins are all set. He's excited. He's grateful. Um, he's got some good quotes. The Marlins said, winning doesn't come easily, Kim Ang said. And there are a lot of steps to it. You not only have to have your process, but you have to have execution. Okay, that's nothing. The Royals hired 
Matt Quattaro. You know this guy? Is this a name you're familiar with? I feel like I'm not familiar with it because you don't forget the name Quattaro when you see it. I believe I remember the name. He was with the Rays the year after I was there. And then before that, he was with the Indians as some sort of coach, a hitting coach from 14 to 17. So I believe that's where I remember uh, the name from. But uh, he's been a like a candidate, an interviewee, if you will, for quite some time and finally um, becomes the bride instead of the bridesmaid of the Royals. I have a theory that I do not want people to be taking seriously, uh, like 10% serious. I don't want to be, and it's not aimed at Quattraro here. Would it be in the Rays' best interest to hire inept bench coaches and then offer them <laughs> up to the rest of the league? Because it seems like the most coveted bench coach role. If you, oh, you were with the Rays? Oh, we'll, we want to poach you. Now, I think teams can get by without a bench coach that has a big impact, just kind of sits there and tells jokes, like, kind yeah. of, uh, and is a nice guy. So if I'm the Rays and I'm playing, like, devil baseball and being sneaky and super smart, I think I start hiring inept bench coaches and then let teams pillage them from you because they want your secret sauce. Or at least mix in one and But, like, they're kind of, yeah, you know. Is that a good coaching tree philosophy, Trev? Your thoughts? <laughs> I like that. Like a little sleeper cell of yeah. bench coaches. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe if they saw a couple AL East jobs coming up, you know, like they, yeah. could, they could do that and just plant them in there. Some moles, if you will. I told you, like, you know, this raised staff. You know, I was only a part of the organization for three months, okay? I, I don't know if there's anything that they do differently. I think it's more front office driven with the Rays. Like the player development at the major league level is there's good coaches. I don't think there's anything that like completely sticks out. Maybe just the way that they learn to think about the game is appealing to other organizations. Um, but yeah, they, there's definitely that um, feeling like, Hey, he's been with the Rays or give me another organization like that. Like the Dodgers, Dodgers. but the, but the Dodgers steal him from the Rays. So it's like I don't know, man. It's interesting. You're you're totally right about that, and I I'm I'm behind your your sleeper cell situation. No, I, you I, know I who the bench coach for the Rays before Quatraro was? I do, and I'm blanking on it right now. Charlie Montoyo. Yes, Montoyo. Yeah, goes to the Blue Jays. Maybe that was their sleeper cell because he got fired pretty quickly there. These might be coming up later. Ooh, uh, before that, it was Tom Foley who retired. Tom Leifer, great guy, always fun, and uh, I think he coached third base for them for a little bit too. I got to know him there, pretty sure. Okay. Now, the reason I put those two together is because they're first-time managers on teams that, if we're being honest, are not trying to win. Their expectations are not win the division and win the World Series. Well, James... To be fair here, we don't know what the Marlins' objective is. That is a shadow realm of secrets over there. The Jeter, Kim Ang thing. I got to know what is happening. Well, Don, so Don, Mad Don Mattingly left. I just got to know you have like some of the best pitching in the game. Yeah. 
I mean, and then what happens? Uh, this is you don't sign Nick Castellanos and everything blows up. That's the rumor mill speculation what? combination that uh, has trickled down to me, but by no source, I'm not reporting anything. But like, yeah, I just got to know. I just want to know just, what, what happened. That's, that's, they seem like they were like this, bro. I must have read it and somewhere then, publicly, but it was the Castellanos was when Jeter realized, oh shit, you're really not like gonna go in. I'm sure there was a many other disagreements, but that was, uh, and then I think Mattingly. It was like, I've been here a while, and I thought eventually you guys were going to go all in. And I think he decided, I think they would have retained him, but he decided to leave. I, I fully, I had no idea. Seems that way, though. Well, maybe we'll find out this year. We got, we got some people in the org. Yeah. The Rangers and the White Sox are interesting because there's a whole narrative kind of, of first time managers for rebuilding teams and then old school managers for teams trying to really win. So the Padres went with Jace Tingler when they were like at the start of this rebuild. And then they realized, Mm -hmm. oh shit, we actually really need to capitalize on this. So they went and traded for a veteran old guard manager, Bob Melvin. The Mets thought they were at the start of the rebuild and they bring in Rojas. So Beltran, then Rojas, first time managers, they realized we got to capitalize. They go bring in old guard, um, Buck Showalter. Buck. Yeah. Yes. White Sox had their manager, and then they wanted to win, and they brought in their old guard, Tony La Russa. So wait, who was – am I going to blank here? Was it just Guillen to Renteria to La Russa? I think there was someone – I'm blanking too. Beavers? Uh, Robin Ventura. Ventura, yeah. Well, yeah. Ozzie mm-hmm. and Don Cooper got three games as an interim. Uh, Robin Ventura, Rick Renteria, Renteria to Larusa, yeah. So. Okay, but so that this thing of you know old guard stuff. Um, there's got to be more examples that I'm blanking on right now. Dusty Baker. The Astros lose their manager, but they're in a big window. Do they want to go bench coach or young guy? Like, no, let's go to a guy that's done it and been there, Dusty Baker, old guard. The Rangers had Woodward. They fire him. They, I think, we think, we have no idea, but, you know, with the pitching, with the uh, pitching they have in the minors, with the offensive they've acquired in free agency last year and about to spend, they turn to Bruce Bochy, another old guard manager that has the respect of the clubhouse and maybe will have his own way every now and then. But this, it seems to be a theme, Trev, like in 2017, 18, everyone was like, let's get the new young manager that will just, just do what we want. And then these teams do it for a little bit. And then like, oh, wait, let's bring in a guy who knows kind of what the position means and, and needs. And the Rangers now do that with Bruce Bochy. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that whole like thought process because you bring in a young guy for what? Just to be a yes man? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Cheap and yes man and there's not expectations. So maybe you don't easy to fire. Maybe you, easy to fire. Like, you know, I'm interested with the Orioles and Hyde. I'd feel terrible because he got him out of this. But usually you have the guy that is the sitting and then ready to they change hands when the team is like at the precipice. Yeah, I'm curious, man, because I've I've kind of I've kind of played for both. I played for a first time manager and Paul Malder. Obviously, all the accolades in the world as a player. Um, I enjoyed him as a manager. I thought he did 
some really good things. I think uh, I played for Gardner, who had been there, won a bunch. And I think they both bring different, but equally like just as good managerial instincts. It didn't really bother me playing for a first time manager. I, I, I wasn't bothered playing for like an old school guy either. So I'm just trying to think like, what the advantages are to bringing in a Bochi or a Showalter. Is it now? I'm. Mean, this is kind of where my brain's just running now. Okay. So let's just jog alongside me right here as I'm running with my brain. Okay. Today's game, you know, as we bring up the youth and they're expected to be able to express themselves a little bit and it becomes more of a personalized game and it's more of an individual game. And there are parts to that I think are really good, but there are parts that I think are detrimental to a team too. Do I think, I do think that maybe teams saw this happening and wanted a manager that was able to relate to players so they could communicate to the players. But I think what's happened is if you have a young guy who wants to be a player's manager so bad, because most young guys do, I think maybe things didn't run as smoothly or as like organized as they need to be run. So teams now are like, you know what? Like, let's go back. Let's let the young kids be young kids, but let's have someone at the top who like kind of reins them in a little bit instead of letting them run all over the place. I think like, how do you feel about that? Just like a level of stability and, and, um, clear communication style like sometimes maybe these first-time managers and and you know with tingler with boone with some of these they were never really bench they were never a higher level you know they were never like um lieutenants if you're going to use yeah that they were like lower than that and then they come in like boone was never in a clubhouse as a coach and just building that style Your players and then the analytics department and everyone has got to be like, man, this guy's figuring it out on the fly and they're hire you knowing that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a lot to a guy who just is like, this is how I want to do it. I have a vision. Like sometimes you look, leadership needs to be clear. So I have no idea, but it does seem to be a little bit of a trend. Like you want to get going, get going. You got topper with the Phillies and, and you have some younger managers, but Cora, they get the Red Sox went back to Cora, and he's a younger guy, but he established himself as being able to like win. Yeah. I don't know. That's where the White Sox interest me because they did that with Larusa. Now, probably the the craziest old guard <laughs> move. Um, and in, like old, yeah, Capital O on old, yeah. And instead of they hire Pedro uh, Griffal, Griffal, Griffal. I'm not I'm not familiar with him either. But they, they hire him, and they hire another guy that I'm not familiar with. I, I do believe, I wonder, you know, some of the older, old guard guys, if they wanted to manage. Like, I think Socia said he wanted to come back. Madden is out there, but he just wrote a book, and he's kind of crazy. Yoast came to mind. I don't know. I wonder, like, how many other are out there, but they don't go that route. They go back to Pedro Grafal. Now, he hasn't been with the White Sox. Been with the Royals a long time. Yes. Uh, that one, this this is the most interesting hire to me, because you have a team that's good, that just underperformed, but should be winning that division or should be like contending uh, heavily for it. And I guess I wonder if they thought a shakeup was needed, or usually you see the way the Blue Jays did, like find 
the guy who the clubhouse likes the most and respects make him the manager and let's not shake it up too much but maybe they thought a shakeup was was needed here yeah look and i i think that when you're the white Sox and you have gone through some managers like they've gone through in the, in the last couple of years i think now they've decided what they really wanted a manager. They've kind of gone through some extremes here and there. And now you bring in a guy who's been in baseball for forever, essentially. Um, I know he's from Miami. So I'm sure that there's um, a Spanish speaking aspect to this. And if I was hiring a manager, guess what? I'd almost require them to speak Spanish. I really would. I, I Bilingualism is key in baseball, especially right now and especially going forward. So I think they're going to get that here, which is great. Um, and then, you know, they bring in Charlie Montoyo as the, as the bench coach. So you were talking before about like, you know, who are you going to bring along with you? Like what's, what's going to be the, the, the sum of your coaching staff and your coaching philosophy. And, uh, you know, I think that for the White Sox, any sort of stability next year is, is good. So I think Montoyo has been a bench coach for a long time. He understands that role and believe it or not, like we're talking about sleeper cell bench coaches, bench coaches do a lot. It's a lot of organizational stuff that they do. Not like organization as in the White Sox. I mean, like actually organizing stuff, like making plans, making, you know, the schedule for the day, um, a bunch of different things that are tedious and that the manager kind of like doesn't want to have to do. Uh, Montoya is very skilled in all that stuff. Uh, plus, he can help out with uh, Grafal as he's obviously been a manager with the Blue Jays. I like this. I like this pairing. Yeah, he's done a lot with the Royals, like a lot of different roles. So see how that goes. But that's uh, that's all the managers. That's all the the help that has been called in. Some of those will be blamed for things that are not in control, and others will get credit for things they didn't do. And then some will be rightfully earned and and uh, not earned. So with managers yeah. this day and age, it's super tricky. It Real. is all, all coaching spots at the major league level are fickle, bro. I think bench coach might be the best spot to be in first base coach. You just kind of like fly under the radar. Yeah. I don't know the pay. It's all right. Is there a big difference in pay? Bench coach, first base coach, third base coach? I know that most of the coaches are making anywhere from like 150 to like 300 grand. Maybe some make more than that. But I think in that, in that vicinity is what they're making. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's the managers. If you have any uh, really harsh opinions that we didn't share, leave them in the comments and we'll read them to ourselves as we fall asleep. Boom. Okay. Moving on. We have some signings and it's the relief pitcher market that kind of goes early and uh, quick, just shaving away at the relief pitcher pool as you shave your pubes away with Manscaped. This holiday season, they're giving uh, all of my personal friends the best deal they can, and they'll have you looking like dessert. Sounds good. Yeah. The help of Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Trim your pumpkins by going going to manscaped.com. Use code TALKIN for free shipping and 20% off. Jake's in St. Lucia right now. You think there's... You know, a mess of hair. hair on his. There's not a hair on his body. No, right now. he's he's no. taken care of because he was wearing 
Speedos only, he said. He said so him and Jess were wearing and oil. Matching, yeah, matching bikinis, as I thought he said to I us. Mean, I mean, one, Jake obviously cleaned up for this trip. But also, he said he has said many times, the Manscaped, like the bag they give you, that is... Oh, that's his travel bag. That, like, is his travel yeah, bag. The, yeah, that is his travel bag. It's and, his favorite bag yeah. in the world. And it's also his uh, medicine closet, because he doesn't unpack when he lives at home. He... he he doesn't put things in the cabinet. Um, so that's good. You can get 20% off and free shipping with code talking at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code talking. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Relievers have gone. We're a cron pod, so we're a little behind on this one. We mentioned it last episode, but the Mets re-signed Edwin Diaz. It will be $5.5 million per year for his first three seasons and then $5 million per year for his last two. That's right. A five-year deal. It's a lot of money. He's getting more than $5.5 million a year. He got 102 for the whole thing. So how are they? Joel Sherman, New York Post, has many deals. Oh, that's, that's deferred? Wow, okay. So it's a $102 million deal for five years. Comes with a $12 million signing bonus, a full no-trade clause, and the team has an option for the six-year, which could take the total value up to a $122 million. They're not taking that option. Um, he can also opt out after the third season. Oh, dude, I forgot about all these contracts and the opt-outs. Because, all right, so I only ever heard this as five years, $102 million. But it's actually because he has the opt-out, which very much players accept contracts hoping they get to opt-out and can get more. Am I wrong or, or correct there, Trev? No, it's, it's just they're not hoping. They're not, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I guess the guess best case scenario is you're outperforming your contract and you can opt out and go get a different one. It's just, it's security. It's insurance, I guess, if you will. So how much, I wonder how much is guaranteed in those first three years that isn't, because it's super funky. They got the, they have the signing bonus of 12 million. They have 26 and a half million of the, of the salaries deferred. I'm reading it right now. Too. Yeah, so I wonder how much is guaranteed those first three years. I think all the deferred money is guaranteed. And then whatever he's going to make on a year-by-year -year, uh, annual, those mean the same thing, basis. Yeah, so the um, and the $12 million is is guaranteed because that's the signing bonus. Joel Sherman said $5.5 mil per year the first three seasons. So you're at, what, 17 there, plus 12, 29, plus more? I have no idea. That's kind of confusing. That's interesting. He has an opt-out after three years. They have an opt-in to make it a six-year deal. It's a ton of money. I did not think we were going to see relievers making the amount of money we're seeing them make this early in the offseason. Good for him and good for the reliever market in general. But I thought this bubble had burst of, of paying relievers this much money. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I, I I love it, and I think he got in, himself into like the perfect situation. You know, kind of, I mean, obviously having the year on the field that he had, it was incredible. He was lights out. 
Um, but then the whole like trumpet thing became viral and uh, it became almost a spectacle, like part of the game. Part of the reason people went to City Field was to see Edwin Diaz come in the game and like have his moment. Uh, so I think that factors in. And then obviously Uncle Stevie there with his pocketbooks, just fat as can be, fat as Jake after a St. Lucia fucking pasta. Mm. Um, he's He's dishing it out. So I think there's just kind of a perfect little mixture right here for him to get this contract. I'm happy for him. I think it did drive the next couple guys' salaries up that we're about to talk about. Um, but Diaz, man, yeah. like he's Super interesting. It's he, the most volatile position, right? And you're looking at him, and in 2021, I mean, he didn't have the best year. In 2020, yeah. he had a stellar year. In 2019, he had a rather poor year. 2018 so it's every other year here so if that trend continues it's it's like a lot we, of money. we see every postseason how valuable like high leverage relievers are and i think that just like clicks in all these dudes brains like we need that we need yeah. to make sure that the back of our bullpen can finish these games and it's true you have to have that mm-hmm. and it's difficult to find it so you and know it, i don't fault teams for going after relievers like this and signing them uh, yeah. But like you said, it, it's very, very volatile, that position. And for him, three of the last five years, he's been amazing. And they're hoping that if they have him for five years, they get three amazing seasons out of him. That would be a steal. But it's a lot of money. And I'm not, no knock to Diaz here, just a thought process. How much of this is Uncle uh, Stevie and the Mets ownership? How much is <clears throat> Edwin Diaz benefiting from the Mets making a statement? Like, oh, uh, greatly. You, you thought you were going to be able to get Diaz and you were going to put some money in front of him? No. He's signing before that even happens. We're re-signing him and we're going to pay way more than you would have ever paid and we don't give a shit about it. I think that's exactly what's going on. We talked about, you know, this happening. When you have an owner that's so much has so much more money than the other owners, which is crazy to say because these guys are all super, super rich. I think there's going to be a time where he gets where the Mets get bitten by the the tax and they're going to say, okay, maybe we need to like calm things down. But right now is not that time. They're going to go sign DeGrom back. They're going to make a run at Judge. I think there is a little bit of this like, fuck you attitude. Like we're going to do things our own way here. And yeah, I think 100% he benefited from being in this position right now. Yeah, well, good for him. Yeah. The next reliever is actually Robert Suarez that went off the board. So if we're going Cronpod, I just reading, he went next. Another five-year deal, Trev, but way less money than Diaz. But the Padres retain Robert Suarez. Five-year deal, $46 million guarantee, allows him to opt out after 2025 campaign. So he has an opt-out after two years, 23 and 24. Um. He declined the five million five million dollar player option earlier this week. So there you want to be. You want to decline the player option and get a new deal. He gets it with the team. So, you know, good vibes moving forward. Forty six mil coming to Robert Suarez. I mean, his story's amazing. So for him to sign this, that's gotta be, you know, pop a bunch of champagne and cry some tears. That's what I'd suggest. Yeah, an untraditional path to the big leagues. He's out of Venezuela, goes to Japan, plays five years there. Uh, there's some other stuff. Go go check out his story. It's it's kind of all over the place. But he ends up in the you know in Japan playing there, makes his debut 
Um, I think his first game was just really, really bad. I was reading about it. He hit, he walked two batters, then hit a third, and that was it. Yep. And they took him out. All of them ended up scoring. Uh, after that, he was pretty much lights out. And I, I love this signing for the Padres. And I, and, and I know he missed some time with like a with some knee inflammation. It says, but the the combination of pitches, like, do you think they're thinking, wow, he throws a heater and he throws a changeup, and those pitches aren't necessarily like bad for your arm. Mm. as these sliders or maybe a splitter yeah. would be so hey we can bank on this guy being relatively healthy if we keep those knees in check you know here's 10 mil a year i think that makes sense crazy he never played in the mlb before this year and now he's signing this deal and yeah he gets 10 million in his first three seasons so this is kind of what i was looking for in the ds conversation that i couldn't find so he's he's gonna if he doesn't opt out he gets 30 million 10 mil a year for the next three years um and then it goes down to eight mil in year four and five, which he can opt out from. He would leave 16 on the table if he thinks he can get another 10 per deal somewhere else at that time. But that's a good deal for him, man. To, of course Heck he took. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that he was ready to accept it. He was ready to give, in a weird sense, I'm not sure. I know players um, should always take top dollar, get top dollar, but Padres gave him, a, gave him a chance that he earned. And I'm sure there's some loyalty there both ways, but him being like, dude, you guys, after that bad start, let me ride it out. And like, you know, a second life in the majors that he was probably happy to sign with, with, with the Padres and, and, and happy they treated him fairly in their offer. Yeah. And you know, this is cool because the last pitch, I think it's the last pitch we saw him throw was the Bryce Harper Homer. Hmm. And, you know, sometimes that could stick around in a front office's mind, but I think they understood the circumstances there. He hadn't even given up a homer to a lefty all year long, and it's Bryce Harper, and he just... Sometimes you're going to get beat by Bryce Harper, and I'm happy they realized that and didn't, like, hold that against him. Well, hey, you're a high-leverage reliever on a postseason team. You're getting paid to uh, be uh, of blame, or, you know, to be the, yeah. the one that blows it at the end. That's, that is the job. Which sucks. Also, you get the hero, though. All right, and the third big reliever signing. Another postseason pitcher we saw down the stretch, Rafael Montero. He is signed a three-year, $35.5 million deal with the Astros. The third elite reliever to fall off the board, reports Jeff Passan of Espen on Instagram. Is this the one Passon did on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's trying to be top boy on Instagram. Relax, Jeff. Yeah. Hedging his bets with Twitter. Hmm. So there you go. Another reliever off the board. I mean, good for Montero. He was He's 32 years old. Um, another cool story. Another cool story, yeah. Let's see. Before the Astros. Kind of been, been all over the place. Yeah. Had some success. Regressed a little bit, had a really bad 2021, comes over to the Astros in that Kendall Graveman deal. And, dude, I don't know. Like, the Astros tinker with him and fix him and, you know, kind of make him do what he does well, probably. Good time right now probably to talk, be lights about, out. talk about uh, James Click because who, who made this deal? The Astros currently don't have a GM, right? They haven't hired anyone. They let go of their GM, James Click. Who yeah, made the, two assistant GMs? Oh, now. okay. Who made the trade for uh, Montero? So, 
Yeah. Assistant GMs sometimes do way more than you think. I know how the Yankees used to do it is that they would divide the teams up. And like uh, when Cashman was not the GM, but before he became the GM, he, he had like 10 teams. If they were going to make a trade with him, it was Bob Lemon. He ran it and then reported back like before he made the moves, but did all the discussions. I think Cashman runs it that way now with his team, maybe where the, assess- the assistants kind of have like, you go talk to those teams, all the mm-hmm. preliminary stuff. So maybe it was in the works, but, and then, uh, yeah, World Series team manager gone or GM gone. So he didn't sign Montero. He just traded for him. Well, he traded for him. And yeah, yeah. I guess he didn't give him the money. Although he could have been part of the conversations before the offseason, of like, what's it going to look like? You would guess. I have no idea. We, because r- rumors were that relationship soured way back at the trade deadline. So maybe he's been on the outs ever since. Yeah, it's interesting because he's, he's click we're talking about now, has yeah. had some good moments uh, with the Astros. You know, this trade, he signs Ryan Stanek. He brought over Hector Neris. Like, he's done some good things, but I guess there was disagreement as far as like an Urquidy for Wilson Contreras deal. Um, and then, you know, I talked about this yesterday on Baseball Today. When it all comes down to it, like there's human interactions and feelings going on throughout these front offices. And, you know, like my opinion, and again, I don't have any sources for this, but I feel like there was, you know, after that disagreement, there was some resentment. And if there's that there and it kind of builds, like, Jim Crane's a very hands-on owner. And if you're his GM and he feels like he's got to battle you for everything, he's just going to fucking get rid of you. Yeah. And he doesn't, and he did it in a way that's like, we didn't fire you. We actually offered you a one-year deal. Yeah, the one-year deal is such a funny offer. They offered yeah. they offered him a one-year deal like to run it back. Like, you know, yeah, come go, on. go win back-to-back. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I kind of want job security, and I think you're just doing that and then – not going to let me do any moves because you know, I'm yeah. So safe guys, I mean, face look, offer. These guys own teams and they're allowed to do with them what they want to do with them. And I feel like that's kind of what happened here. The, the Contreras trade there, Kitty for Contreras trade. Dusty Baker had some quotes on that as well, where he, he said he didn't want to do it because Contreras is on a contract year and he wanted a catcher. He wasn't going to sit Maldonado and mm-hmm. he didn't want, he thought Contreras going to want to play every day because he wants to earn the most he can going into free agency and that he probably deserves that, and it wouldn't be a good fit, and Urquidy has been so good for them that Dusty Baker kind of nixed it. They went and got Vasquez, who's also on a contract here, but I guess he had been part of platoons, or he was. they yeah. thought he would be more likely or just going to get less infringed, that this wouldn't hinder it. But that was interesting to know that Dusty had was in that room. Maybe Click didn't like that. Do you know where Click came from? Where? The Rays. Of course he did. did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was the the seat at the Rays. The Beavers go work for the Rays for like two years, do some statistics stuff, find your way onto the bench, and then boom, manager Beavers. I bet I'd pull my hair out of my skull after the second meeting if I was part of the Rays chats of just math club. I don't get it, dude. I, <laughs> like maybe scary. I wasn't I'll privy try. to like these super secret conversations they had where the secret sauce was mixed in or whatever. But I don't get it, dude. No. Uh, there's some raise rumors coming up next part of the Ooh. show. And the rumors here are brought to you by athletic greens. Cause rumor has it. Mm-hmm. Athletic greens is pretty good for you. Your rumor has it. Chris Rose is an athletic greens guy. I would like them to send me some athletic greens. I need all the greens in my life. Okay. 
Rumor has it Trev is requesting some athletic greens. Yes. How about that? Uh, If you don't have the time, if you don't have the energy, if you hate taking pills and vitamins, but you want a supplement that actually tastes great, check out Athletic Greens. Uh, it uh, With one delicious scoop of AG1, my, my boss at Domino's name was AG, so I always think of him when I read this ad read, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, AG, what up? He's in Tampa now. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. With Athletic Greens, you're investing in an in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash baseball. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash baseball to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. A.G. Mahmood, what up? Okay. Good guy. I went to his wedding. Bangladesh wedding, kind of crazy. They do a lot of these ceremonies. Sounds fun. One of the ceremonies, like the bride tries to walk through into the place, but first the grooms, all the grooms' relatives are like taking bribes. Like you have to give me something to let her in here. And then her brothers and relatives are like paying money to let her in the door. But then eventually they say enough is enough and they like break down the door and storm their way in. But it's all part of the like act and ceremony of it. And I was sitting in the corner with the girl that I took as like a date. And we were just like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Crazy. So Bangladesh wedding, pretty good time. I like that. Rookie of the year and rumors is a third part of our show. Congratulations to Michael Harris. The second wins the national league rookie of the year. And congratulations to Julio Rodriguez. The first wins the American league rookie of the year. And congratulations to Adley Rushman who earns a full service year with Rookie of the Year runner-up, and that is brand new and is going to help him earn money so much quicker. A full year of service, Trev. That's a nice reward. It's awesome because he was kept out of the major leagues, so he would not accrue that year of service time. That's the only reason. And he said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to go ball out and you're going to give me a full year of service time. And I like that. And all the Orioles executives are clapping like this, like, good job, Adley. And in the back, they're just kicking themselves Yeah, because they Is don't it, like this yeah. at all. I, I remember reading some opinions when, when that new part of the CBA got announced to people, because it's obviously put in there to try to curb, you know, service time manipulation, but some people will. Had theories that guy. Oh well, they'll just keep him down till like July, so he earns enough time to not be eligible for rookie either this year, but won't be eligible next year either. And then that'll happen. So good on the Orioles for not doing that at least. Does does it's, this does Michael Harris on their face? Does he egg on their face? No. Uh, I I believe yes, he, he does. He also does because he wins rookie of yeah. the year and all that. But also he got his big deal. So. Good but him. that I guess he got his deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's because the Braves do. Yeah, Julio that. and Harris both got paid. But imagine he was in Double A, Trev. This Michael Harris II never played in Triple A, and now if the Braves didn't give him the deal, now because of this rule, Double A to full year of service time, he's got no Triple A service time. 
That's wild. Uh, congrats to those guys and the Braves for calling uh, Harris up straight from double A when they knew they needed a spot, but they knew they had something on their hands. And what, do they, what do the Orioles finish out of the playoff race? They finished uh, 83 and 79. Like, yeah. What were the, what were the standings this year? Well, that's I'm looking right now. I got it up. They're fourth in the East. But I don't know the wild card. Yeah, where's the wild card? I can't find the wild card either. Baseball reference. Just put the wild card in your front. I have them three games out of the wild card. Interesting. So maybe the guy that turned your season around and turned you into an actual winning team, if you had him for the first month and a half, maybe, just maybe you're in the fucking playoffs. I let this be a lesson to teams. And it won't be. They don't care. They'll just say, yeah, that was a one-time thing. Put your best foot forward at the beginning of the season. You owe it to everybody in the room. And if you don't see that, then your brain is fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good step. It's a it's a small step from the MLB PA. Uh, uh, you'd like this to happen more and, and get it bigger. Like you're part of it. Because stop holding guys back. But don't, actually, this might make them hold guys back longer, longer because they don't want them to get. This votes. is what happens. That dude. was, that was like, you know, I think the Yankees just weren't going to call up the young guys, but with some of the rumors where they're going to call them up. So there's not enough time for them to get rookie of the year votes, uh, which is just like a crazy fucking way to thinking and crazy that like, we have to honestly uh, assess if that's why they're holding guys back. That seem ready. Look, they don't want them to get the accolade. We're not a we're in labor pod right now, but we're going to just turn into a little lab, labor segment pod. Um, this happens all the time in the CBA talk, okay? And this is why players are so hard on this and we take it very seriously. Is like, think about the competitive balance tax. That was thrown in there to, because the teams are saying, well, we want parity throughout the league and everyone wants parity throughout the league. Well, it, it turned into a cap. Same thing with this thing. We're thinking, oh, it's going to work out well. But like, if if this does happen and they see, okay, shit, Adley Rushman, when did he come up? May something. He comes up and he gets the full year of service time. They're going to say, you know what? Let's just move that mid-May to mid-June now. And if that happens, my gosh, you're going to hear me on this program MFing a lot of people. And it's probably going to happen. Okay. <laughs> it's probably going to happen. All right, let's get into some rumors. And and if you've listened to us before, we're not going to dive too deep into these. And really, if Passin or, or Rosenthal reports it, we'll talk about it. But there's a lot of reporters on my not talking about what they say mm. list. Unless they say it's done. Well, if it's yeah, done. Yeah, happens. but there's just, I mean, rumor season is like crazy. Bob and it's annoying. A lot of my- I know you like Bob, but no. Um, no. Because also, it's like, what are you going to do? It's not, some rumors aren't actionable. Some are interesting. So, so here's, here's some stuff that's happening. So this episode, are we posting this tomorrow? Yeah. As you're listening to this, these decisions have been made, Trev. Martin Perez accepted or didn't accept his qualifying offer. Same with Jose Abreu, Jack Peterson, or no, um, Martin Perez. You think he's going to accept it or not? It's a lot of money. I don't think so. Okay, I think he may. Rumors are saying that he might, but I, I, at this point, my thought process: go and get the most total money you can get. Don't worry about your AAV. I think of did Evaldi get one? 
He did. So Evaldi, I don't know if he's going to accept it. Jose Abreu is not going to accept it. Like, no way, right? I don't think Jock Peterson, I think he's been uh, a nomad for a while now. I think he's probably going to not accept it and try to lock up a contract for a couple a of years. That's a lot of money for a guy like Jock who is seen as a platoon guy. Like, ah, very true. Very but he, true. But he well, hits so that's much. In, it's an year. interesting case. He's one that you can see either way. He might, yeah. be, he might be looking to finally get locked into a place. Well, you guys already know because the deadlines are due uh, the day we're recording this, not the day you're listening oh, yeah. to it. So we'll see. Rizzo's a big one for us Yankees. I don't think he's going to accept it, although Ken uh, Rosenthal wrote an article about how rumors are that the Astros are in on Rizzo and they want him. And that sucks because, one, it's a big blow to the Yankees if they're trying to resign him. And, two, you know, he's a good player and will help the Astros out and all that. And it makes sense. They need the first base help. But then Ken wrote, maybe he does accept the qualifying offer because it's a it's a big yearly salary. And if he has a good year without the shift and in Yankee Stadium where he hit 32 home runs and the qualifying offer cannot be attached to him next time, well, now he's a free agent coming off a 19 per year. Had a good year and now that contract may be much different and better than the other one because you kind of set the yearly money at 19 or around 19 if you accept it it's more than he's gonna get kind of for anyone per from anyone per year right long, now. yeah even and i was like all years. right rosenthal talk me into this even though i i don't think he accepts it but there's an interesting thought process of this this qualifying offer is tough as i'm reading I, I had read somewhere that it was it wasn't a big deal for him, but the way they do the qualifying offers now is if you know you go over the competitive balance tax, the more times you go over that, the higher the pick that you have to give up is. So this is what it's going to take for the Astros to get rid of or to sign Rizzo. Excuse me. Uh, they'd be stripped of their second high, stripped of their second highest pick in the twenty twenty three draft and five hundred thousand dollars in international signing bonus space. Yeah, they were saying Rizzo gets hurt by the qualifying offer a decent amount because of his age and his back injury. And not only are you gonna have to pay Rizzo his money for a couple of years, but you also are gonna have to do just what you said: up give up a, a decent pick and decent money. He's gonna want to go to a contender who's gonna want to give up more, and that's why Rosenthal was making the point. And this is all wasted breath because as I'm saying this, the people who are listening already know what Rizzo did. But making the point that he may opt in because it sets the bar of a higher one-year salary. He gets to use Yankee Stadium short porch to boost his numbers like he did. 32 home runs last year. And then if he hits free agency again, you can't get the qualifying offer a second time. So he'd have a better shot in free agency. So... Kind of, I thought it was no shot. I thought it was like 0% chance he accepts it. And then after reading Rosenthal's words, I was like, oh, maybe there's a chance. And that's obviously Yankee bias and, and, yeah. and wanting it. It definitely is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Manager of the years are announced tonight. Uh, you'll find that out as well. Congrats to the guys that won. Yeah, congrats. Other rumors are all raised based, Trev. Kind of. They already are clearing room. They traded G-Man Choi to the Pirates, who I think the Pirates now have uh, three Koreans in their infield, which is like, are they going to just be the biggest team fan base, biggest Korean fan base? Interesting. Pittsburgh becomes Little Korea. 
They steal it. I like that. From Pal Park. I lived in Pal Park. A lot of Korean. They reinvented the churro. A lot of people don't know that. It's delicious. Korean food is. Yeah. My favorite. Tough to order. I can never figure it out. But once it arrives, I'm like, this is delicious. I got you. We'll go together. The Rays released Brandon McKay. So those are the two moves to clear room. But they're saying that trades are looming with the Rays because of this 40-man situation that, you know, the glass now might be on the move. Um, and some other players. So that's kind of be on the lookout for that. It seems like there's a deadline, so the rumors have some weight that it might they might be making moves. Every team's going to have to make some 40-man cleanup moves, but it seems like Rays are motivated to do the, the extra mile. Yeah. And the, and the Dodgers are close to re-signing Kershaw. Sort of already a done deal, but nothing official, official yeah. yet. It makes sense that he's just going to be a Dodger for life. I, I, don't, I, I don't ever see him... Pitching for the Rangers. I know like it's always a rumor. I'm in it for the statue, man. Although I do think if he finishes like the next two years of his career with another team, he still gets a statue uh, in LA uh, by Dodger Stadium. Dude, uh, thinking about these statues that are outside, I mean, it's it's. I think it's Sandy Koufax and Jackie Robinson. Clayton Kershaw right next to him. That's fucking wild, bro. Oh, and 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 he's got an awesome statue. And Vin, I think. With the knees up and the hand up. Oh, yeah. Like, you can picture it. That's what it'll be. Yeah. yeah. That kind of greasy hair, hat, just a mess. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be an awesome statue. I'm looking at it now. Like, I'll flip my computer around so you can see. This this pose. Yeah. It's a good. That's a good statue. Dude, the Kofax statue is incredible. And so is the the Jackie one. They did they did a really good job with those guys. You know the best statue is I've ever seen? Interested? Statue of David? I have seen that. It's beautiful. It's okay. huge. Um, so maybe that's number one. Number two. <laughs> All right. Number two is the Shack one outside of formerly the Staples Center, now Crypto Arena or whatever the fuck they call it. It's him dunking, dunking, and you can go stand underneath it and basically get like Shaq's nuts put on your head, dude. That like, you, I you can get posterized by Shaq. Posterized. It's pretty awesome. You know what? I'm not an LA guy, not a basketball guy, really. I've never seen this before. That is an awesome statue. It's badass. I never seen yeah. that. That it's is a pretty new statue too. Like within the last two years. Yeah. I'm glad statues are coming back. I feel like people stopped making them for a while. Anyway, that's the episode. Managers, relievers, and rumors, you are now informed. And we'll see you next week when Jake is back. I think it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get around to it. No? He's out. He's out. Jake's out. See ya. Jake's blitzball stash would be cool.